ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, thanks for joining Western Contours as we bring you Elk Holland Academy's Feature Friday. This week, Michael talks about pulling satellite bulls into bow range. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Batiste, and this is Wapiti Wednesday Q&A. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We're glad you're here. The way Wapiti Wednesday typically works is we start with a subject or two, and we'll kind of talk. These are previous questions that we've received on uh, past episodes, or, you know, if I just kind of threw out the day of saying, hey, what do you guys want to talk about tonight? But... It doesn't matter if you're joining us from Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. Since this is live, you do have the ability to put your questions in and we'll answer those to the best of our ability. Now, there is information that I do hold back because I do provide one-on-one lessons and we also have... um, the patron members over at elkcallingacademy.com that those guys are basically getting kind of private lessons. They get the really in-depth, um, you know, sounds, techniques, strategies uh, in the field, all that kind of stuff. If you are interested in becoming a patron, it's simply go to elkcallingacademy.com. It's $15 a month. Um, like I said, instructional videos. There's also uh, tutorials on tools that I use for e-scouting. There's in-the-field videos. Uh, you know, coming up of how I actually, you know, you can actually see me using these sounds out in the field and interacting. Um, Gear, we have gear giveaways, um, all kinds of great, great goodies. Plus, every two weeks, we do a private Q&A session just for those patrons to where nothing is sacred. We throw all information out. Also, no matter which platform you're at, if you're new or you're enjoying the content that we put out, make sure that you like, subscribe, or follow, and also turn on notifications so that way you're notified every time we go live or upload a new video. So, 
All right. Uh, does stream keep cutting out on anyone else? Jack, I know the the storm that's hitting the Boise area right now, it's been kind of affecting everything. So um, I told the kids to turn off all electronics, no video games, no hooking into Wi-Fi. So hopefully it won't interfere. Dave West. Oh, Dave, you... You said the name of my secret tool that in the tutorial that I just dropped for uh, patron members. So, <laughs> uh, Kelly Ford, not on my end. The last e-scouting video was hot. All right, so you guys that are patron members, so you guys are talking about the uh, last tutorial that dropped last Friday. So, yeah, that is one of my favorite favorite tools to use. In fact, I've heard a couple of you guys, uh, I've heard from a couple of you guys that that tool is a game changer for you, how you've actually gone into areas that you've hunted and found areas that you never even knew existed. So that's what's awesome about that tool. It's so easy to find benches and bedding areas and slope grades. And I mean, it's just, it's an awesome, awesome tool. So if you guys want to know more about what we're talking about, head over to elkcallingacademy.com. It is a e-scouting tutorial that I just uploaded last Friday the 10th. All right, let's get into the first question. Um, like I said, this comes from Elk Calling uh, the Instagram page. And basically, Rick's Wild Kingdom wants to know how to drag a satellite bull in if you're fortunate to get in on a herd. So great question and certainly have been, you know, in that situation. So so the, there's a few things you need to kind of understand what's going on in that herd dynamics. I mean, satellite bulls basically are that satellite. They hang on the outer fringe of the herd. And basically what they're doing is they are, uh, they're an opportunity bull. That means if they have the opportunity to hook a cow or run in and breed a cow, you know, without the herd bull catching them, they're going to do it. So because of that, your approach is going to be a little bit different. And this is, this is one of those things that if you get on a herd and you're focusing on pulling those satellite bulls, okay, because you know you just you just want to fill your elk tag. You don't care if what the bull is. Um, you just want to fill your tag. The thing to remember is, you know, with those satellite bulls. Okay, they're used to getting screamed at. They're used to getting ran off. They're used to getting bullied by the herd bull and the larger satellite bulls. And and, and so, and some of those larger satellite bulls, they're they're larger in age classification and size, but yet they're not big enough to really challenge that herd bull for the herd. So you kind of got to play on that. So with knowing what they're doing and what they're looking for, now you tailor kind of your approach to what you're doing. So um, if you just want to focus and pull those satellite bulls, you can still, you know, do the breeding sequence, but you're going to come, you're going to cut back on your screams. 
So you're going to kind of focus more on your raking and, and, and kind of calm down your bull sounds. And typically when I'm doing the breeding sequence, you know, I'll, I'll start off with cow sounds. I'll work in the bull sounds. And then eventually, once I really have a bull engaged, I'm going to start focusing heavily on... Um, you know, the bull sounds and, and playing on that bull's aggression and emotion. But on this situation, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to focus more heavily on the cow sounds and use some of those smaller bull sounds because now we're kind of painting that picture or appearance that there is a cow that's separated from the herd. She is a hot cow, but there is kind of one of the younger satellite bulls that got to her first. He's not really sure what he's doing. He's not really sure how to handle the situation. This cow's getting a little frustrated with him. And by doing that and focusing more on the cow sounds with just a little bit of supportive, you know, of that immature bull that I don't know what I'm doing. It's going to encourage more of those satellite bulls to come over. Um, I did this exact same th setup in Montana. Um, basically got into an area, pretty good sized herd. I think all in all, there was nine or 10 bulls that were bugling and the big herd bull just, he was locked on a cow. I, I knew that was not going to pull him from the cow and we only had a few more days left to hunt. And so I definitely wanted to fill my Montana tag. Uh, you know, the, the price that, you know, paid to get the tag and go over there and hunt. And we had hunted hard for two weeks. Um, I think we had like two days left, three days left. Um, so I, I started focusing more on, on the cow sounds of this and kind of being an aggravated cow that was kind of being pestered. And it was awesome because I look up and here comes five satellite bulls in a single file line, just beelining right for my area. And you know, I kind of started taking a look at them and going, okay, you know, which one's going to present me with a shot? And I had picked on one and I'm like, okay, that's the one I'm going to take. And then there was a bull that was coupled behind him that I noticed he was a small five, but he had this stuff hanging off of his, his rack. And I realized that it was dry velvet. And, you know, he's only 30 yards at this point and he keeps trotting on by. And as soon as I saw, you guys know me, you've heard me talk about funky horn and um as soon as he came by, he, he, he came and stopped at 21 yards and I just, I zipped him. And for those of you guys that have been to my house, you know exactly which bull I'm talking about because that rack is is hanging on my wall. It's just, it's, it's funky, it's cool. But the neat thing about that is, you know, five of those satellites broke off and came to me. They knew they weren't going to get a chance with that herd bull because that herd bull was massive. I ended up shooting that bull, taking care of him, um you know, gutting him out and then getting back. I had enough light left that I had to go hook up with my hunting partner and I got over and I saw where my hunting partner had slipped down and kind of got into position. So I got behind him and started working that herd bull to try to get him a shot opportunity, which he got. And that herd bull, that he was a stud. Unfortunately, it was low light and an old burn and there was an old stub that was the perfect height that blocked the vitals and uh, he center punched. 
that stab. So, but that just, you know, that's an example there of basically just understanding the situation and adjusting your calling to the scenario. And it it also, you know, part of it plays into what do you want? What are your expectations going in? I mean, if you're just looking for any bull, then immediately as you get into that scenario and you realize you're in a herd, tailor and adjust your calling sequence and what in the in, in that story that picture that you're painting and adjust that to focus and target on those satellite bulls so notice i'm still doing the um breeding sequence but i'm just kind of adjusting the way I do the breeding sequence. I'm adjusting, you know, what I'm focusing on and, and, and really what I'm targeting. Cause that's really what you can do with these calling sequences. You know, once you recognize the situation, you recognize what's going on, you tailor and adjust the picture that you're painting to focus on what you're trying to accomplish. So, all right. Um, God, tons of comments came rolling in. Let me see here. Let me back up a little bit. Ah, none of my end, none of my end. <laughs> Dave West <laughs> deleted. Appreciate that, bud. Uh, Lucas, good evening. Jay Colley, how you doing? Guys, you don't have to apologize if you miss a week. It's not like I'm taking roll call. It's okay, Jay. I still call you a friend. So you're still not on the Christmas card list, but I'll still call you a friend. So uh, Ominous Rooster, good evening. Uh, Alton, I ordered some arrows from Kyle. Yeah, mine actually showed up two days ago. Um, and actually tonight before... Uh, this broadcast, I actually did um, my bear shaft and um, fletched arrow and basically got it going. And there's another thing that I'm kind of working on um, that I'm going to do a a, a video on for you guys. Um, But basically what I did was I eliminated my peep sight. So I pulled my peep sight off the bow. So I'll be doing a video to talk about that one. Uh, anyone put up game cameras? Still a ton of snow. <laughs> Best night of the week, Derek. Appreciate it, bud. Two, 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 two. It could be like an AA meeting. It kind of is. So, oh, I think you guys are having a conversation up there. No elk in Montana. You killed them all. Tristan, I, I've only been there once, and we took two bulls out. So, but we definitely got into a lot more than that. So. So, Derek, I was going to ask to have this topic on Patreon. Derek, we can actually talk about it tomorrow night. So, um, you know, I can actually give examples of, of the type of breeding sequence that I would actually do. So so that way you guys can hear that. Is there a video on call, calling sequence somewhere? Uh, Danny Coyman, it's uh, the breeding sequence and um, all the sounds are over on the uh patron page at elkcallingacademy.com so uh, I need to be on the Xmas list do you want the Christmas list or do you want the Christmas card list Jay Um, so Michael nice wraps on the custom arrows heart appreciate that the whole arrows turned out absolutely beautiful so um, Derek that'd be awesome okay we'll do that tomorrow night so um, okay so that does that make sense, guys, about how to how to focus and target on that satellite bowl and, and, and bring that in? So um, I guess I better sign up. Danny, there's a lot of good information and tutorials over there. And there's a lot of there, there's a lot of uh, good giveaways. In fact, I think we are 
eight members away from the arrow giveaway. So as soon as we get eight more members over there on the patron page, I'm going to be drawing one name and that person is going to be getting a dozen arrows from Kyle at DCA Custom Arrow Works. Uh, if you don't know what DCA does, basically they take your bow, you, you send them your information with your bow, your draw length, your pounds, you know, all that. And basically he calculates and comes up with an arrow that is maximized with dynamic spine and static spine that are pretty much matched. So basically you get better performance out of your arrow. And he'll put three, three basically together and then go to you and go, okay, do you want this weight, this weight or this weight? Um, I've only shot him a little bit, but I can already see tighter groups. Um, man, I'm excited to do some more testing with them. So do you have the wraps on the Elk Store? No, Jay, I don't, but you can actually get a hold of Kyle at DCA Custom uh, directly and order those Elk Calling Academy wraps from him. Uh, you can get them in any color. Uh, you don't want the exact ones I have because they have my last name on them, but you can put your last name on them. So um, one other quick announcement, guys. So I also decided um, to see what you guys felt about this so currently right now i have a matthews traverse um, that i am going to shoot and hunt with this year it's kind of a partnership that i worked with archery unlimited on at the end of the year we are going to do a raffle for that bow in october so um not sure how many slots uh, we're thinking either 75 or 100 slots so you have either a one in 75 or a one in 100 chance uh, tickets are only $20 a piece so is it worth it to you guys to spend 20 bucks in a raffle for an opportunity to win a Matthews Traverse let me know what you think about that so uh, to do to do to do it's awesome guys just got two guys from my hunting party to, to join so Derek okay those are the two new guys that just joined well since not having shoulder surgery until after hunting season I better sign up now Danny that's good news herd bull patreon membership is the best $15 I spend each month can't recommend it enough you guys are awesome Kelly Ford, Michael Batiste, we need to get together and go through my arrows and fine tune my set and get a better idea. Kelly, what you can actually do is, so you guys can do this too. Go to DCA Custom Arrows and on his page, you'll see two tabs. One will say custom build, one will say check my setup. Click check my setup fill in the information and then he will calculate your current arrow with your current setup and let you know how your current arrow stacks up to your bow setup and also let you know okay you know need to make some changes so you can also do that so steve shelley shooting without a peep yes that is something that i am uh doing a video on right now so uh do you have a fletchingless paper tune. Yeah, that's actually what I did with this. Uh, first thing I did, so obviously I needed to change my knock point. So I changed my knock point, put the new D loop on, 
shot that bear shaft through paper, got the bullet hole. And then basically, then I went to the target. I shot the bear shaft. Then I shot the flat shaft to see where those two arrows were hitting to see what I needed to do to adjust my rest. Both those arrows were side by side. In fact, tomorrow morning, I'll uh, post a, a picture of all that. So, uh, Dimitri White better be left-handed. Unfortunately, it's not, Dimitri. I'm, I'm, I'm right-handed. So, okay. Uh, What's your opinion on using a wolf call or cougar call to move elk off private property? Had two bulls about 100 yards off public. Um, Ron, I haven't tried it. I have pulled bulls off of private property before just with the breeding sequence. Because if they're sitting there on, on private property, they don't have a cow that's hot. But you're doing a breeding sequence and representing a hot cow that's only you know, 150 yards away, um, you stand a really good chance of pulling that bull that 150 yards over to check you out. So, um, so, but the, the wolf call, the cougar call, um, especially the wolf call, uh, the only thing is you can't really control or guarantee which direction they're going to go or where they're going to move to get away from that. So I would rather try to focus on elk vocalizations and bring them to where I want, not try to, to herd them somewhere. So, uh, Mike, I'm in on the raffle. Derek, yep, yes, please. So uh, can't do it. I shoot left-handed. Lefties are the best. So sold. I'm in first come, first serve, right? Yeah, Derek, basically, whatever we set, the 75 or the 100, as soon as those 75 or 100 are sold, boom, it's it's closed and we draw a winner. Uh, how would the raffle work for us left-handers? Um, Michael, over on the Patreon page, uh, we do have a bow giveaway on the ElkCallingAcademy.com. We need you know quite a few more members before we get to that. Um, but once we, you know, basically get to there um god i want to say it was 200 members once we got to 200 members and, and that bow on the elkcallingacademy.com is going to become an annual giveaway so um so you could definitely have your chance on that so i'm in i'm in i'm late but here maddie lux great news on your surgery glad, glad all went well and hope your recovery is quickly there are a lot of lefties tonight dimitri yeah there's there's a lot so um i'm in on the raffle too i'm not a bow hunter but been wanting to try it yeah i mean you know who knows ominous you might uh, spend 20 bucks and win the bow and then you just got a matthews traverse for 20 bucks Hmm, buying a new PSE Evoke tomorrow. Maybe try without a peep for a bit with a new EZV site. Yeah, Steve, Aaron actually sent me one of those EZV sites months ago uh, last year. I haven't uh, haven't tried it yet. Um, I'm actually just using my regular site, but like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll do a video that talks about this, this uh, peep list. So... Uh, Kelly Ford sweet when you have a chance please text me his information yeah I'll text you his contact info Kelly um, later or like I said you can just go to DCA custom arrows their website so uh, 400 but I like 200 better was it 400 okay I don't know I gotta look I'm in I'm like Ricky Bobby all left turns I like it I like it so okay all right next question from Instagram 
there was two of them that were kind of okay so this one comes from mr hart at 208 custom calls so how about the clutch time when arrow is knocked and you are ready to draw what steps to take to be calm enough to release with legal accuracy and successful harvest uh, a bow uh, or a bull with a bow so really this one kind of starts with how you train you know how you how you do your practice sessions so i see so many people that go to archery shops and they first thing they do is they get that great big nfaa target face that huge huge circle okay and that's what they practice with all year long is this huge circle the only problem with that is now your mind is always to this large target area and we basically have heard aim small miss small well if you're already if you're always training your brain on this large target area that when that animal comes in you're going to be looking at this large target area so what i do is when i'm practicing um here here at the house so at my house i can get out to 35 yards so basically 35 yards or under i shoot those small orange dots they're you know about as big as a 50 cent piece and i want to do that small target training because what i do is and i i go through the same process all the time i have the same steps in my shot execution so because what you're doing is you're training muscle memory and muscle memory so before i draw draw my bow i'm looking at that big target but then i take my eyesight and i basically focus it down on that small orange dot that 50 cent size dot okay so what you've done is basically now you've narrowed your focus and then you know putting the release on the on the d loop and everything it's all a system and so basically what you're doing is you're training muscle memory and you do this enough on the target what you'll find is when that animal comes in you go from looking at this large animal to all of a sudden you start looking for a small dot on that animal and i'll i'll as soon as i know i'm going to shoot that bull i quit looking at the rack i quit looking at his body and i start trying to find my small dot whether it's a tuft of hair that's you know raised up uh maybe he was playing in a wallow and i've got a chunk of mud you know where i want to put that arrow but i go from that large body size down to focusing on a small small area now granted i've been doing this with my mind all summer long in my training sessions so because of muscle memory it just becomes that way in automatic that now obviously if you're if you're new to hunting your your adrenaline and all that is going to be through the roof anyways so trying to control your emotions is is one of those things um that's where you know you can almost 
there's things that you can do now. I mean, 3D shoots definitely help. Um, if you have an archery shop that has the dart system to where you're actually shooting, um, you know, the mushroom heads into the screen. I mean, those are really all, those are all good training for the mind to go through that process to, you know, focus on those smaller uh, 12 rings, focus on, you know, those smaller sight pictures before you release that arrow. And you'll be amazed that if you, if you do that all in all your training sessions throughout the summer, that how much better you'll be on holding the pin on those smaller dots and how your focus and you'll find that your 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 nerves are a little more in check your adrenaline's still going to be through the roof i mean my adrenaline just skyrockets so high that my hunting partners just oh they <laughs> They give me a really bad time about my adrenaline level. So, all right, we've had a bunch of stuff rolling in on Instagram. What are your thoughts on wearing a solid color, solid color pants instead of camo when hunting? Uh, Boondock, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, and, and in fact, I have um, some coyote tan pants and and you know some forest green pants. So uh, even the grays, because uh, really most of the time when I'm setting up, I'm in the shadows anyways. Um, and depending on where you're at if it's if it's you know a setup to where you have the ability to kneel down um you know those solid solid colors aren't going to make a difference so really the purpose of camouflage is just to break up our outline i mean fred bear hunted in solid color um you know pants and that red and black flannel shirt and you know that guy was a, a fairly decent and successful archery hunter so so yeah i don't have a problem with solid colors so on X hunt or no Joshua Martinez on X is a great tool to use. So in fact, I have been testing kind of on X and base map, uh, you know, kind of comparing and I find myself just going to on X more and more. So I think what it is, is because Onyx was the first one that I used, and so I'm definitely a lot more comfortable with that. Now, I know a lot of you guys use base map, and you like base map over on X. I think it matters with which one you really learn on or which one you use first because you get comfortable with those tools. You get comfortable with those settings and how to move around and do things that then all of a sudden you go over to the other one and you know, it's, it's a little different. It's not the same. And you're like, yeah, I don't like this as much. So, but yes, on X is, is a great tool. Uh, Henry Mack, how you doing? So did you get more hats? I still have a few hats in all I have left is the small size, which goes up to seven and a quarter. Uh, but no, I haven't brought in any of the patch or anything else. I've been working on some other things. So 34, what would an immature bull sound like? Um, what would that calling sequence sound like? So really on, on your, on your calling sounds, you, you, you just basically, I'll, I'll give a big example here. So, uh, you know, an older class, more dominant bull, he's going to have more growl. Where kind of a smaller more, you know, a, a, an immature bull. You know, he's kind of timid. He doesn't really have that full expansion into, you know, the bugle. 
Um, his growls aren't as deep. His bottom end's not as deep. So, so that's that's kind of just a, a big. Um, or that's kind of an example of, of a mature versus an immature. Kyle, DCA Custom, how you doing, man? So, Brian, how is the uh, land of Kentucky? Okay. I use it for real estate too. Definitely recommend. So Lena, yeah, you're talking about Onyx. So, okay, you guys are blowing up the other one over here too. So, um, let's see. So it's possible to shoot a bow without a peep. That would be great for people who wears glasses. Yes. So, and, and, and like I said, let me finish this video because there are a few things that you guys need to do. So, and the video that I'm working on right now will cover all that. Uh, D-Rock, I always practice with a four-step thought process. Yeah, it's, it's all that mental game. So you're preparing your mental game to execute that shot. So I tried it a few times and can be done, but feel more comfortable with the peep. Yeah, Josh, the thing with the, the, the no peep, it's, it's not for everybody. Um, but I'll tell you what, as soon as I pulled that peep out today, the first few shots, I felt liberated. I felt like I was not in this little box for my sight picture. Um, I actually noticed my sight picture was a lot clearer. My pen was a lot clearer. So, you know, I'm I'm 49. So as we age, our eyes start getting, you know, going. It gets a little hard to see the pen or see the target. Um, but man, as soon as I removed that peep today, all that just cleared up. So, um, but yeah. We will do more on this on, on the video. So uh, I kill an elk every shot I take when I practice. Shot routine for me. Yeah, and, and that's one thing you guys can do too. So if you only have a hard face target, um, you know, get a paper target that has a silhouette of an elk. You know, work on shooting that. Um, you know, the 3D, the mini elk just came out this year. So... Um, but practice shooting at what you're what you're going to hunt and those paper targets they're they're fairly inexpensive but the cool thing is is you can go through that whole mental aspect of you know going from that full body down to that focus point and, and really work on sticking those arrows in that focus point every time so and when you first do it you can put that little orange dot in there okay this is where i always want to aim this is where i always want to hit and then your body just gets used to going on that part um you know coming up the leg there's a little crease because you know the leg bone comes up and then goes forward and then the shoulder blade so there's that little triangle right in there that basically you'll take out the lung the heart and the aorta and they go down quick so um Super peep is a peep with a cape. Ha ha ha, larger peep. Is is the traverse with worth selling the triax to get? Um, Danny, I know over on Matthew's Brotherhead page that uh, a lot of people are are you know selling their triax because they want to step up to the traverse or the verdicts. Um, I still have not had a ch chance to shoot the triax because none of the shops in town have one. Um, so. I don't know. I don't have first-hand experience shooting the Triax yet. I'm still trying to get my hands on one. 
So no, it's not larger on the hood. Yeah, it's just it's it's the super peep with the hood is just for keeping sun glare out of the peep. So when I'm practicing in off season, I also practice getting my heart rate and breath up uh, than trying to shoot like trail shooting. Yeah, Dave, that's that's a, a a great example. What I'll do sometimes in the backyard is I'll do sprints across my backyard to get my breathing up, to get that elevated heart rate up, and then you know execute the shot. So and the one thing I do on that is um, I don't run and then pick up the bow and shoot a group. So I run, pick up the bow, shoot one shot at that small dot, and I'll do it from either 20 yards or 25 or 26 or 30. You know, I'll, I'll pick random yardages. Um, and then I'll let my heart rate calm down, and then I'll sprint again pick up the bow, knock an arrow, go through the whole process. You know, just like I'm trying to hurry because I had to run up to get on a bull. He's coming in. It's quick. Execute that shot. Let the heart rate calm down. So it's almost hit training with shooting your bow and executing the shot mixed in. So, um, so there is there is different things but yeah doing those kind of things definitely help when you're on the mountainside so tony walker how you doing uh andrew welcome welcome uh jay look up specialty archery peeps gotta have the adrenaline when it goes away time to hang it up derek that is exactly right and that's what i tell my hunting partners so because basically i get the body tremors um, but as soon as I draw back and anchor in, I'm rock solid. And then as soon as I, I see that arrow hit my target, the adrenaline rush and the shakes are horrible. And that's what those guys give me a really bad time about. They will start laughing on the mountainside. They'll be rolling on the ground laughing so hard. But I tell them the day that gives a, that day the day that that goes away is the day that I stop hunting. And here I am, 31st year of, of chasing elk, and it's still there just as bad today as it was day one the only difference is i'm able to control my nerves a lot better now so uh best camel will still let you down if the setup isn't perfect and no movement so uh josh the movement thing you can get away with movement and that's why i set up in shadows a lot because if you're in the shadows and your movements are slow you can actually get away with movements you you'll be surprised on how much movement you can get away with so uh heart good advice man i have a huge adrenaline rush issue still working on it yeah so it's it's not so much um you know the adrenaline rush that's a bad thing because the adrenaline rush is good it's it's the other thing too with going through this systematic process what happens is as soon as you get into that point to where you are executing that shot that you're going through your shot routine and narrowing down you'll be amazed at how your muscle memory takes over and you don't even notice that adrenaline rush anymore and I think that's why that once I get into the shot execution and draw back and anchor that everything becomes solid is because it automatically just goes into muscle memory. I'm not thinking about things. I'm just reacting. So, um, Robert Moore, when you guide, what are the top three things besides attitude that make a great client? So, um, Robert, I don't guide, but I have a lot of friends that do. And 
you know, one of the things they talk about is recognizing the level of fitness that your client is in and not trying to take them too far outside of that fitness level um, because if they're just miserable they're not going to be enjoying the hunt um, and that's the other thing you know the friends of mine that are guides they are the biggest smart alex on the planet and they are that way with their clients they're joking they're having fun they're they're basically making it feel like that it's more like a couple of friends out on a hunt instead of that that guide client relationship so so basically i would say the top three things are recognizing the fitness level of your client making it fun for the client, but also having the knowledge of the area and the game that you're hunting and get them on game. So uh, I've heard faces what they spot first. Any true to that? You know, I, I don't know. I've, I've always just, you know, for years I would just grow in the beard. Um, now I just leave it permanently. I don't use face masks. I don't use uh, face paint. In fact, that bull right there um, came in last year to 18 yards and was staring right at me. I didn't even have my bow drawn. I ended up basically just doing a nice, slow, controlled draw, anchoring, uh, settled the pin, actually stood there for a little bit because I was waiting for my hunting partner to shoot. Then he turned his head and I saw the funky horn on the one side and that was that was, that was was it. Narrowed down to the, the small spot and executed the shot. So um, if you're out in bright sunlight, yes, because your face will shine. So, but in the shadows, I've never had a problem. And in fact, most of the group that I hunt with, none of us use face masks or face paint and we don't have a problem with it. So, uh, let's see, do, 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 wind more important than camo. Wind is the most important thing. Matthew, yep, eyes can be fooled. Noses never exactly slow claps. Uh, it all happens very fast. Prep is the key. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, it happens really fast. And other times, it's just this slow, drawn-out process that seems to take forever. So, uh, Jeremy, finally, after watching all the Q&A episodes, I caught my first live. Love the info and always enjoy learning. Jeremy, welcome. I'm glad you were able to join us live. So, uh, hard. Have you used an open read cow call to bugle or chuckle? I've seen some video, but doesn't sound accurate to me. No, I haven't <coughs> because you're exactly right. The sound and the tone that an open read cow call produces is not designed to produce a bugle on. Um, I'm sure if you had to do it in a pinch, you could, but the control aspect and basically the tonal quality and really trying to get in the important pieces, um, it just it, it just wouldn't sound quite right with that open read cow call. So just realized it's Wednesday, Wednesday. Ah, Chad, better late than never. Gary Miller, ever tried the EZV site? I do have the EZV site here with different uh, inserts. Uh, I do have the intent. So I have an archery shoot I'm doing in two weeks. Um, actually a week and a half now. So after that, I am going to put the EZV on and uh, play with it and do a video on it. So up to this point, Gary, I haven't. I do have it here, but here within the next two, three weeks, I will uh, I will play with that. So come to Utah, shoot my triax in July. I have a half acre backyard here at my house. So um, 
yeah, Danny, I'll be over there in July. It's just going to be hectic. Um, we'll, we'll see how much how much time have with the uh, World Calling Championships. So have you seen the solo targets? They're 2D photo printed, so they have depth, I think, full size. Yes, I have. And actually, the solo targets, that is an awesome target. Uh, that would be a great one to get uh, if you want. So, so f- I, I know it's more money than that paper one. Um, so those of you that are on a budget that are kind of tight, the paper ones will work great. Uh, for all you others, definitely check out Solo Targets. So uh, Kelly can't wait for that. Text Grant, how you doing? I've seen guys puke. They get so worked up. I think it's awesome. Yeah, um, everybody with adrenaline and nerves, it affects everybody a little bit differently. So Scott, putting on a 3D shoot this weekend at Cascadian Bowman, 50 Targets, Western Oregon. So there you go. Any of you guys that are tuning in at Western Oregon, there's a 3D shoot this weekend the Cascadian Bowman's checking out get out there and practice have fun so Josh I told that to my son turkey hunting a few years ago he was shaking like a leaf oh when it happens to kids yes I love watching those videos of of the first timers I think those are uh, absolutely awesome so I know the last day of the hunt is the day I start looking forward to day one of next year absolutely Okay, nothing on Instagram. My grandpa hunted till he died, and he got more excited about shooting a fawn or a doe than my cousins did shooting decent bucks. It was like his first deer. That is awesome. That's how my grandfather was too. So, uh, Steve Shelley from Facebook. I think muscle memory is more important than shooting for accuracy. But, but really. So what you'll find is if you go through this routine and you get that muscle memory down, you will also notice that your accuracy will increase because you are focusing on such a smaller aiming point that your mind and your whole execution of everything really starts... um, narrowing in and getting smaller and smaller and smaller and because of that smaller and smaller and smaller it is going to you know increase that accuracy so um you know a lot of times if 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 i'm not doing the hit training uh, and and sh- the shooting added into the hit training and I'm just, you know, working on form. I have three or four of those small dots on my target. I, f- I have four of them. I don't shoot two arrows at the same one. I want to execute on every single one to get into that black diamond that's in the middle of each of those. And so... Uh, you know, I call it focus training at 30 yards or focus training at 35 yards. Um, you know, it's it's almost, you know, like was mentioned, you know, I kill a bull on every shot. And that's kind of the mindset that I go through. Um, you, you know, I've picked that spot on the side of the elk. This is where I want that arrow to go. Um, and then basically, then I'll go up and evaluate, okay, how close to that dot was I? Where was I at in it? You know, my broadhead is, you know, this size, you know, what would I have hit? What would I have cut what would i you know what would have happened on that shot so all right uh jeremy from instagram also love my gc call if hunting a creek bottom in the morning with lush green all around and thermals aren't a factor do you stay low or work your way up 
Um, depending on what kind of sign I see in the bottom there, if there's some good fresh sign that I know animals are close to that, I'll spend a little bit of time in there and maybe try a blind sequence to see if I can pull something in there. But I also know too that I want to get elevation before those thermals change. So it's kind of one of those things where you do the quick calculating. How, you know, what time in the morning is it? Um, how long until the thermals and how much elevation do I have to climb to get to that spot when those thermals change. And that was one of the questions that we did get was talking about thermals and we will be kind of talking more in depth about those uh, on a future episode. So, uh, but Jeremy, yeah, I may spend a little bit of time in there. Just see, it, it just depends what I'm seeing in that creek bottom. If I'm not seeing much sign or, or if I'm not seeing fresh sign, if I'm not smelling elk, I'm probably not going to spend time in there. I'm going to move on and find a place that I am getting into fresh sign, um, you know, to kind of where I can smell them and I know they're, they're close by. So Scott, did someone say fitness? LOL. Um, any advice for hunting solo and calling solo? Is it best to use a decoy? So, Ryan, yes. For solo, using decoys are a great additive. Um, and that is one of the questions uh, that I got, too, about, um, you know, sounds and setups and decoys. So, um, we'll go into that, you know, more depth either next week or the week after. So... Uh, watch lots of hunting videos. They will walk right up to you if you are not moving. Uh, do I use decoys? Sometimes. Not very often. So... Uh, Henry Mack, how far do you feel comfortable taking a shot? So, so again, this is personal preference. So, but for me... My first shot on a bull, I won't take past 40 yards. Um, I've just seen too many things happen on longer shots. Now, if I already have an arrow in a bull and I have to do a follow-up shot, I don't have a problem stretching it out um, to, you know, 60 yards. But I'm still going to do all I can to get as close as possible. So, because because for me, it's high percentage shots is what I want. So um, my average shot on all the bulls that I've harvested is 22 yards. So that's why I hunt with a single pin. Um, I like the sight picture and, and when I'm hunting, I have that pin set at 30 yards and I just use Kentucky windage, hold a little high or hold a little low, depending on you know where they're at. Um, but yeah, 22 yards. So I, the the longer shots, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of posts about people taking 70, 80, 90 yard shots on elk. Me personally, I never would. Um, I just, I, I have seen what can happen with bad hits. I've seen what can happen with the loss of momentum and kinetic energy and penetration. And, you know, that animal takes just one step at those longer distances and you're in for a nightmare for the next couple of days. So, um, all right. Do you recommend highest poundage to be set on a bow? Yes. Bows are designed to have peak performance at the peak of their poundage range. So if you're shooting a 70 pound bow, 
have that thing set up there at 70. And a lot of those, once you max them out, they'll actually go above their peak weight by a pound or two. So um, I know a, you know a lot of guys in years past would take a 70 pound bow, crank it down to 65, and they still did fine. Now bow manufacturers are starting to make 65 pound. And I, I think that's a great poundage to shoot, especially for elk. Um, you have plenty of momentum, you have plenty of kinetic energy, but the thing is too, it's still light enough that you can draw that smoothly and slowly in odd situations if you need to. So, uh, Danny, when you come for calling contest, I have a huge guest room. Just saying, I appreciate that. I'm actually going to be staying with a uh, high school high school buddy of mine that lives over there. So each each year I go and stay with him, and it's a chance to hang out with him and his family. So, Matthew, best way to get rid of target panic. So, okay. I watched a video the other day of <clears throat> kind of the Olympic archers, and they were talking about that, about target panic. And everybody will suffer from target panic at one point or another. And what these guys were talking about, so many people will go to a blank bail, so no target, and they'll just work on that form. And that's fine. That's going to work on form, but you don't really have anything to aim at. So these guys will basically do blank bailing, but they will put a target up. And they're not necessarily trying to hold in the center. They will start with shooting for the blue or the red, the outer rings. Maybe they're gonna hit, you know, maybe they're gonna shoot for, um, you know, the number eight in the red ring, and they're going to try to hit that eight, but they're, you, you know, they're not aiming at the center. They're just aiming for these outer rings, but they're still basically blank bailing, but they're just holding out on these outer rings and they slowly work their way in to where now all of a sudden they're focusing on the center. The other thing, Matthew, um, you know, that easy V site that has come up a couple of times tonight, that one is actually designed to eliminate target panic because you don't have a pin. It actually has a V. And what's kind of interesting, the, the concept behind this is that V also works as a rangefinder. So you basically, um, you know, use that that V to settle on the vitals, and depending on where the vitals, um, you know, fall within that that V, that gives you your range. So, um, but you might, you know, you might double check on that. There's there's a you know a lot of good articles and videos about combating target panic. I think. Um, um, Oh, who was it who did a video? They were blank bailing, but what they did is they cut out a picture of a deer. So just a black and white had the silhouette of, of the deer. And they taped that to the front of the site so that the pin was sitting on the vital of that. So when they drew back and, you know, they were close to the big bale, but they drew back and anchored in. Now all of a sudden they're seeing this pin just holding right on that spot of the animal and then they would execute the shot and they would do that several times then they would take that picture off 
And then basically they had, you know, a paper target with the silhouette of the animal. And then they would go to work on that pen until they kind of felt the target panic. And then they would tape that picture back on. So you might try that a little bit. So... All right. Uh, I have switched to 65 pounds because I bow hunt in such cold temps. Yes, I've heard back tension release will help as well. Back tension, yes, can help. and, and I know some people hunt with a back tension or, you know, the resistant type release just because of their target panic. Um, but why not try to do other things to work through? So, ah, guess what, guys? We are there. Holy cow, this flew by tonight. The countdown timer has started. Um, we've got a few more. Let's see. Like the shirt, dude. It's awesome. You support multiple Idaho companies. Blank Bell works. Uh, Josh, but is it mental or muscle? Basically, the target panic is actually, it's a mental game. And go check out um, Shot IQ. So um, Shot IQ is a great shot execution that I definitely, you know, recommend. Joel Turner does a great, great job. So, all right, guys. We're less than a minute, so we're going to shut this down. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you for all the questions. It was a lot of fun. Um, As always, keep calling, keep practicing. Most importantly, though, have fun. And we will see you guys next week on the next episode of Wapiti Wednesday Q&A. Have a great week, everybody. Follow and subscribe to Elk Calling Academy on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon for tips, tactics, gear reviews, and live Q&A, helping you to success faster. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Sasquatch Fuel. If you're heading to the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, check out sasquatchfuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to sasquatchfuel.com. Hey guys, enter code Western Contours at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.